Perry Mac, visual raps, you gotta see. You know I'm a pounce on tracks. I get busy, fam. Could come tear up the thrift shops. Yeah, I put my visuals down. Mac coming up. I had a pleasure to do exactly this with the one and only Harry Mack. So in case you don't know who Harry Mack is, he's a freestyle rapper performed on the Ellen Show live in front of millions of people. He was freestyling there. He freestyled with the likes of Kendrick Lamar, Ice Cube, Joey Badass. He's one of those people that when you see him freestyle, you're just kind of scratching your head thinking, how the hell is it possible? It's pretty tremendous what he managed to accomplish. And it all started by him going out there, walking through Venice Beach in LA, making random freestyle videos, just looking at different people and freestyling about everything that he saw around him. When I'm on the mic, he's rapping step quick. One time, yeah, you know the flow fly home. Everybody be filming on their iPhones. Harry Mack gonna do it when I'm live, though. When I'm coming off the top, it's the live flow. Everybody see it, yo, you know I hold stock. And my man representing with the gold watch. Yeah, see it, and it's chilling on his wrist. But here's the thing. When people see Harry Mack nowadays, they often assume, well, it must be some type of talent. He has it in his DNA. He's just born with it. But when I talked to him, I discovered that it's not the case, right? And often when you see successful people, it's easy to make an assumption that it was very easy for him, right? That the path posed no challenges. But the reality is that Harry Mack had challenges along the way. And he admitted that to this day, he gets stressed out sometimes. He told me that when he was performing in front of Kendrick Lamar, who is one of his heroes, he was so stressed out that he kind of forgot where he was at some point, right? But it's not about being stressed out. It's about what you do about that situation, whether you escape or you just keep pushing. And Harry is one of those people who just keep pushing, pursuing his dreams. So this interview is very inspirational because essentially he is making you, myself, and everyone else realize that in life is not just about talent. It's about perseverance. It's about inspiration. It's about hard work and dedication every single day. You know, Harry, at some point, he was working in a call center, one of those dead-end jobs, just to make sure that he made a living. So he went through different challenges, but it's not about those challenges. It's about his response to those challenges. So in this conversation that I'm about to show you, we are talking about the variety of things. We are talking about cultivating positive mindset. We are talking about calming your nerves in tough situations. We are talking about building your vision and mission that really excites you every single day, right? So many different topics that we are covering. I'm sure that you will enjoy it. And by the way, I'm putting a bunch of clips of Harry Mack freestyling in this interview. And again, when you see them, you'll be blown away. I wanna make a prediction that in the next few years, Harry Mack will blow up and every single person in the world will know his name, okay? He's a great guy, enjoy the interview, and let's get started. Yeah, bro, I, I actually, I used to beatbox back in the day and uh, you know, like nowadays when I, when I film my courses, what I like to do is before I uh, start filming, I like to yeah. warm up by beatboxing and freestyling sometimes. And it's, it's, it's fucking hard, man, it's, it's not easy. And it's not, but that's you, awesome, man. Dude, I when I see that. you doing your thing, it's almost like, is this guy, do you, like, do you have like 10 tracks running in your head at the same time? It almost <laughs> seems like this is the case, right? Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's not so much like a million things happening at once in my brain. It's more just like I'm hyper-focused on the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but there are a couple layers of things happening. Like when I'm out doing the, you know, what I call the Gorilla Bars series, yeah. which is where I'm freestyling in public, you know, for strangers, 
there are kind of two layers because on, on the one hand, I'm doing my freestyle techniques and focused on making the freestyle right. Mm. And then on the other hand, I have to have kind of this level of social awareness too to make sure everybody's comfortable. And, you know, not everybody is, is ready for that. That's the whole point of the, of the series, right? Is that we're yeah. kind of unexpectedly popping up and doing performances. So I kind of have to read the room a little bit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a lot, man. It's, but, but it's fun. I really enjoy making that content. But that's so impressive because I noticed whenever you're freestyling, you're noticing people, you're noticing um, different things happening around. And if there's a dog passing by, you're going to talk about a dog. And it's, it's incredible because, of course, there are freestyles rapper, uh, rappers out there who are really good, but um, they don't only improvise. They also bring back things that they've learned beforehand, whereas it seems right. like you just keep improvising. So that's unbelievable. But here's the thing, man. I, I notice when people see guys like you who are out there on the Ellen show, all of those different radio shows, uh, just killing it, like literally killing it. They often think, okay, this guy can do it because he's talented, right? <laughs> and I can't right. do it because I don't have a talent. But I also know that anybody who is really successful in something had to have the perseverance, the dedication, right? Just going after it, even though there are challenges along the way. So today... I'd like to go a little bit deeper into that because I've seen a lot of your interviews and they're really awesome. They're really entertaining, but I'd love to find out more what makes you tick, how it was at the beginning, right? Some of the challenges you had to overcome. Um, I love that. Yeah, dude, let's go deep. Let's go into it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Yeah, man, because lots of people from my audience, they they are trying to build their confidence. They want to overcome anxiety. They want to set bigger goals for themselves. And especially now in this COVID-19 crisis, many people are in this really dark place where they feel almost overwhelmed by fear and it's hard to be positive about, about life. And I feel like showing stories like yours and the fact that it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always, you know, uh, shiny rainbows. You had right. to overcome difficulties. It gives people a lot of inspiration. So bro, bring me back. So you started as MC wonder, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's Tell me about, so that was middle school, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, man, that was uh, that's cool that that you 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 did your homework, bro. Oh, I did, that's, man. Of course, you're taking me all the way back, man. Yeah, I I started rapping when I was in fifth grade, you know, and I didn't have a rap name yet. And then when I got into sixth grade and and started middle school, um, I got with my friend Brady, and we were we formed a group, and so I knew I needed to have a name, so I went by MC Wonder, which. I spelled in the in the cheesiest way. I spelled it W U N D U R, wonder. <laughs> um, but uh, it seemed dope at the time, you know. So I went with it, and uh, yeah, man, that was the very beginning for me. You know, we actually have an album. Our group was called State of Mind, and we made a little EP um, back then because my friend Brady, who I mentioned, he was like the DJ in the group, mm-hmm. and we were lucky enough growing up in Portland, Oregon to have this organization called Ethos, which was a nonprofit music organization. They basically offered like, you know, discount music lessons for students who, um, who were interested in, in learning instruments. And one of the lesson courses that they taught was in hip hop turntablism, AKA mm-hmm. DJing and scratching. And so, um, you know, we were all over that. My friend Brady had gotten a, a pair of turntables for Christmas and, you know, he started taking lessons at this place ethos, learning from this incredible hip hop DJ um, from Portland named DJ Apostle. And um, the thing that was so dope about it was they had a recording studio there at ethos. 
So we were only 12 years old, but because Brady was taking lessons there for turntables, we would get to go over there and record our little songs. So oh, we awesome. ended up, yeah, it was, it was really, it was really dope. It was a really unique situation that we found ourselves in. And um, we were able to make a, our first project, which, which was called the rough draft. And, uh, and uh, it's hilarious. My, it's before, you know, it's like before my voice changed. And so uh -huh. I have this high pitched, <laughs> like Alvin and the chipmunk sounding rap voice. And, yeah. you know, I was rapping crazy fast. I thought, you know, that, the thing that made you good was to be able to rap super, super fast. So all my verses are like very, very fast. And I was just rapping about random vocab words from class and all types of crazy stuff. But I still like to listen to it from time to time because it just has this um, raw creativity that I think mm -hmm. is so much more difficult to access as you get older. And because we were just 12 and we were essentially little kids when we dove in and started creating, we were just very uninhibited creatively and we were just doing what felt right and what seemed fun in the moment. And, and so you get this really awesome snapshot of that youthful creativity. Because mm -hmm. there was no fear of rejection, right? You felt like exactly. everything goes, you can just go with the flow. And whereas when you, when you grow up, you feel like, damn, I, I want validation and approval of other people. So you kind of look around every day trying to get that. Even though you know, you work on yourself, still everyone has a little bit of that. But absolutely, can, can we see that somewhere? Is, uh, is, is it oh, uploaded anywhere? No, it doesn't. It's not like, because this was back before it was really even streaming. You know, this was still like in the CD era. So we, right. we pressed up, um, you know, like 50 or 100 of them just on CDRs, you know, like with the CD burner and uh -huh. wrote in Sharpie the name and, and we sold them at, at, at middle school for like three bucks each or something like that. Um, so I have the, my parents still have one, you know, and, and I have it like on my Dropbox and stuff mm -hmm. so I can listen to it. Uh, I needed to have it, you know, saved forever. So it's in the cloud, but it's not like publicly, um, you can't find it out there. Mm -hmm. And back then when you were making those, uh, were you already creating the vision of doing what you are doing now? Did you already have the aspirations to be a famous rapper going out there in big shows? I know you're going to be doing tour with Kendrick, right? And a few other people. I saw on your website that you, you're planning to do a few things. So, Yeah, I actually did that back in uh, November. That was uh, the Day in Vegas Festival. All right, cool. So that already happened. That already occurred. Yeah, which it was amazing. Yeah, it was uh -huh. amazing. Um, I don't think I had the vision back when I was 12 of doing a big festival like that with some of the most famous rappers alive. I can't honestly say that that was already planned. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't really methodical like that, where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this now so that I can get here so that I can, you know, now there's a lot more of that type of thinking, right? Because it's, it's a career and, you know, I'm an adult and I'm, I support myself with my, with my music. So you have to kind of be thinking that way. But um, I was actually really lucky again to just be 12 years old. And, you know, I was just making things with that, you know, childlike playful mm. mentality. And um, I think that's actually ideal, you know, to not even be thinking like, oh, I'm going to do this so I can get here. You know, it wasn't a career yet. It was just something that I was obsessed with and something that I loved and something I was doing for myself, basically from the heart, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and doing because I loved the music so much that I just knew I had to participate. So I had a, vi I mean, like I had the vision in the sense of 
I was passionate about music, even that yeah. even before that, you know, from the time I was tiny, I was obsessed with music. So that was already there. The love was already there. But as far as like a career trajectory or knowing like where I was going with it, it was just, we were just in the moment, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And is, is yeah. it this childlike curiosity um, and this feeling of, you know, you're not trying to get approval and validation all the time that makes you so good? Because it takes, I, I guess it takes a lot of guts to go out there and tell people, hey, give me a word and risking that you won't be able to rhyme it. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. You know, I think that... Um, I think that you're, you're, you're right, that you have to be in that sort of childlike, playful state in order to create, you know, and, and um, all that other stuff gets in the way, you know, thinking about approval from other people or, you know, asking yourself questions like, is this good? You know, is this worthy of showing people? What are people going to think? All those doubts and, and um, voices that come into play um, actually get in the way, you know? So I think that that's actually why a big part of the reason why I really love improvising and freestyling is because improvising and freestyling kind of requires you to shed all those voices of doubt and all those mm -hmm. voices of like, is it good? Is it bad? You know, should I revise it? Should I make it better? The fact of the matter is you don't have time to revise anything. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't even have time to consider other possibilities when you're improvising. You just have to grab the very first idea and spit it out and, and let it live. And once it's out there, you know, you're already on to the next idea. And so it's kind of beautiful that, that freestyling quiets all of those voices for me. And while you're right, it is nerve wracking and scary. And I do get nervous going out there before the shoot, you know, but, but once I'm in it and once I'm actually rapping and as long as everyone's cool and I'm not like, you know, getting in anybody's way or, or irritating yeah. anybody as long as it's all smiles and good vibes um i'm actually feeling very free and and it's it's, it's really dope so is it in a way because you are entering this flow state does it feel like meditation where every, yeah. you forget about everything else right you are just you become the music in a way exactly yeah 100 it, it is like you know it's funny because in in rap we talk about having a flow right? Like, oh, that dude's got a dope flow, you know, mm -hmm. or if I'm going to freestyle, I'll be like, yo, let me kick a flow. And that really just means rap, you know, or, or rhythm or, um, you know, cadence is usually what we're talking about when we refer to flow. But um, it just so happens it's the same word from, you know, meditation and, and you know, mindfulness, practiceness, uh, practices, excuse me, um, this, that, that same word, a flow state, like you mentioned. So it, it's cool. When I'm flowing, I'm trying <laughs> to enter that, um, flow state or not even trying to, I guess I'm just allowing myself to, to enter that flow state. But yeah, man, I forget about everything. Like, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll finish doing like a freestyle. I'll do these live streams that are quite long. You know, they're two hours long most of the time. Yeah. It's crazy. Sometimes at the, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but sometimes at the end I'm like, wow, like I'm super hungry. Like I got to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, like suddenly I realize all the, all the things that just weren't even on my radar because I was so in it for those two mm -hmm. hours. It's kind of interesting. And, and I'm curious to hear, so when you got started for the first time, yeah. did you have a feeling right from the beginning, I'm really fucking good at this? Like, this is a talent? Or was it more of a, yeah, it's, it's going okay, but I'm making a ton of mistakes? How it was, was it when you got started with freestyling? Uh, it was definitely more the latter. Yeah, it was, uh -huh. I wasn't like good at freestyling when I first tried it at all, you know? 
And I teach now, you know, education is big for me. I teach lessons in freestyling. And I always tell my students that at the very beginning, that I was not good at this when I first tried it, you know? Um, and it's something that I learned and something that I practiced and got better at over time. You know, I always mm -hmm. had a fascination with music. You know, when I was like, my uncle told me I would like bang rhythms on the high chair tray and stuff. And, and you know, um, my parents like would play old blues tapes for me, like Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and blues icons like that. And I would just fixate and start vibrating, mm -hmm. you know, crawl to the speaker, put my head next to it. So like, I think I'm, I'm a musical person, whatever that means. I had a spark for music, um, just sort of, you know, maybe in my DNA, I don't know. But um, I didn't have like this innate gift or, or this thing where I was just good at this from the beginning. And, and it's true, like you say, a lot of people see me doing my thing and they'll come up to me and say, you know, wow, like, what does it feel like to be born with this incredible gift. <laughs> and obviously they mean that as a compliment, you know, yeah. so I'm always cool about it. Like they have the best intentions and everything. Um, but in reality, um, the, the answer, you know, is I, I wouldn't know how that feels necessarily. You know, I was 12 when I started trying to freestyle and we were having so much fun, me and my friends doing it, that it didn't matter that we weren't very good at it yet and that we really didn't have a skill set and we really didn't understand the technical aspects of how it works. Um, we didn't care. We just, we knew we loved it. We were watching, you know, rap battles on TV. We were listening to rap records all day, every day. And, and we just wanted to try our hand at doing something that was providing us with so much joy in our day-to-day -day lives. So um, again, I think I was just very lucky to be young when I started and I wasn't worried about all that other stuff. I didn't care about being mm -hmm. good, so to speak, you know, and, and that allowed us to just continue practicing and get better. And then, you know, eventually we kind of all looked at each other. Like by the time we got to the high school, we were like, yo, like we're kind of okay. You know, like we yeah. kind of got some stuff going and, and it just kept, and then it becomes a snowball effect where you're more motivated to invest more time in learning and practicing and, and it grows. Mm -hmm. dude it's really reassuring to hear this because as i said at the beginning before we even started recording lots of people see people like yourself and they think wow you have this talent and i don't have one and right. i feel like uh, one of the biggest limiting beliefs is that people you know when people look at other people they often see that best polished version of that person they see the tip of the iceberg they don't see you know the other 90 percent that's dedication hard work perseverance dealing with rejection all of those different challenges out there so yeah. it's actually awesome to to see that even you had this right and and oh yeah you cultivated your craft for years and years of practice i'm curious to hear did you have so so fast forwarding a little bit right you already realized them i'm pretty good high school right and yeah. uh did you have a moment when you felt like, ah, I'm not making any progress. Like, I'm not sure I'll be able to do this for a living. Maybe I should find a different career for myself. Yeah. I mean, I, it was interesting for me because I was always, um, a musician. So at the same, you know, I started on violin when I was seven mm -hmm. and then I started playing the drums when I was 10, about the same time I started rapping. And so the whole time that I was, you know, rapping with my friends and, and, creating, you know, little, our little independent albums and stuff and booking shows with my, with my homies at the time, I was also playing the drums and I, and that was more like, you know, um, 
in the sort of like system, so to speak. I mean, like, they're, they're, you know, drums is an instrument that you can play in jazz band at school, you know, and there were yeah. like, you know, summer jazz camps that my parents could pay a little money to send me to go to, to learn from like great jazz instructors, you know? Um, so, you know, I was lucky that um, I kind of had, I already knew by the time I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a professional musician mm. and my parents were supportive of that. But, um, you know, it was more, uh, the vision, you know, professionally was more for me to be a drummer, I think, you know, again, just because that was sort of more like accepted, accepted more yeah. like uh -huh. a, a normal path that, that my parents could even visualize like, okay. And, you know, shout out to my parents because they were just extremely supportive of my music. Uh -huh. They never said like, Hey, you should probably have a backup plan or, Hey, did you ever think about being a doctor? You know, it was never <laughs> like that. You know, it, it was always just like, yeah, you know, we believe in you. Uh, we think you're super talented. You can do it. But oh, awesome, still, man. you know, I think that the, yeah, yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, I'm super lucky because not everybody has that. And it's much more of an uphill battle for people who don't have that support when they're young at home. And, and for them, you know, being a creative person is just um, totally going against the grain and, and having to go it alone. So salute to everyone who, who has to go through that. I luckily mm -hmm. didn't have to, but um, you know, even for my parents who were so supportive and they loved my rapping, like they loved that creative outlet. Uh, I don't think they necessarily saw that as, you know, like a viable career path. And, you know, I probably didn't even necessarily see it that way at the time. I knew that I loved what I was doing and that it was really, really precious to me and to my heart. But, um, you know, I also had the drums. And so I ended mm -hmm. up going to college for the drums. So I, ne I never really, um, like back in at that age, questioned it all or said like, oh, am I going to have to do something else? Mm -hmm. Later on, I, you know, I've questioned it a lot. I mean, there have been a lot of trying times in my life phases that I've gone through where you know it was really difficult to make ends meet with music and you know I had to have other jobs that I hated and I had to like you know scrape it together and barely mm -hmm. make my rent yeah there there have been plenty of times where I'm like oh is this gonna work you know but <laughs> Dude, I tell think me that, about it I'm, I'm, I'm so curious to hear yeah yeah I mean you know so like I graduated from college for, for playing drums, you know, um, I was basically a jazz drummer, you know? And so, um, I was hustling for gigs and, you know, it's very competitive and there's not a lot of money in it for mm -hmm. most people, you know, um, in the jazz genre, unless you're really one of the most famous cats worldwide, you know, then you're doing fine. You're, you're making good money playing big concerts, but, for most of us in the jazz world, just the freelancing jazz musician is playing, you know, bar gigs, restaurant gigs, maybe a wedding gig here and there. Oh, hey, you know, $200 for a wedding gig. But normally it's, you know, $50 for a yeah. few hours at the bar or $75 maybe at a nicer restaurant. And, you know, constantly being told, hey, please play quieter. You're disturbing hmm. the guests, you know. Uh, Oh, you used to get a free meal, but uh, sorry, things change. You don't get that anymore, but you still get paid, you know? And just like, <laughs> it, it was just not working, you know, financially. And, and as much as I loved playing jazz, um, and I still love the music, you know, and I'm still very influenced by it, there, it, it got to a point where I just felt stuck. You know, I couldn't see, um, you know, it was like you look ahead to the horizon mm -hmm. and I just couldn't see 
it working. I couldn't see where I was headed. And, and, um, you know, and I was working at a call center and basically doing like sales calls and, and it oh, was wow. very soul sucking. And, um, so those are the moments where, you know, you, you start to ask yourself like, man, is this going to work out for me? Like, is this possible? And luckily, you know, I, I, it is. And I was able to push through and, and get to where I'm at now. And I've been doing music full time for the last six or seven years, which is which is really incredible. And, mm -hmm. and um, you know, and it's not easy. And there's still a lot of ups and downs. But um, I think that's kind of what defines um, an artist and, uh, and or anyone who is kind of like trying to be an entrepreneur or, or, or carve out their own path. It's really just the ability to persevere through those low moments that that determines whether it's going to work for you mm. or not. How did you do that? So when you hit that low, right? When you felt like the yeah. call center, saw a socking job, 10 hours in a yeah. row, right? Calling yeah. people already said no, pretty much. Yeah, right. Dude, how do you summon that positive energy and just motivation to keep pushing? Is there anything, yeah. any books you, you've been reading, anything you did mindset-wise to, to, to push through? And I'm asking because many people watching this, I'm sure many people are stuck. I'm sure many people are watching this who yeah. are in this situation right now. They want to build a career and they are stuck in a job they don't want to have, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really tough. Like um, at that time, there weren't really like books that I was reading, you know, or anything like that. More recently, there have been, you know, definitely. Mm -hmm. But um, at that time, you know, it was just, um, I think I was lucky that I had a, a strong like support group within my friend community in Los Angeles where I live, you know, and I had a lot of fellow musicians and creatives that were kind of in the struggle with me. Um, and so a lot of people could relate to the way that I felt. And there were people that I could hang with and talk about this type uh -huh. of stuff too, you know, and there were people telling me like, Oh man, you're dope. You know, like you're dope. This is part of the game, you know, like just, you know, <laughs> we'll get through it. Um, so luckily I wasn't all by myself, you know? Um, and for me, you know, music has always been the passion. So like, no matter how dark it got or whatever, or no matter how negative my thoughts would go at, at times during that phase, um, I knew that, you know, all I wanted to do was throw a record on and listen to oh, John that's amazing, man. or all I wanted to do was throw a beat on and freestyle with my friends, you know, and like underneath it all that was always still there. I never had to question that part of it. So I mm -hmm. think for anyone struggling to, to make it happen, you know, um, the the biggest piece of advice i can give is just you know is really looking inside yourself and asking where the passion lives you know where where is the passion um focused and for me it was on music and so since since that was so much a part of me you know um where like if i had to work at the call center for the rest of my life every time i got off work i would go home and do music you know like if i never got paid a dollar to do music still most of my energy would go towards creating mm -hmm. music right so it's like i can't get away from it you know um i i love it and and it's it's part of me no matter what and so um it's really challenging to make it doing your own thing and carving your own path but if if you're pursuing something that you love that you feel like you can't get away from that you could never detach from it will work 
right? Because mm-hmm. that will always be there underneath it all. No matter how much you're like, oh, I hate this job, <laughs> you know, yeah, when's yeah. it going to happen? It's like, well, you, but you know that in your heart, you still have that thing that you're focused on. So. Oh, yeah. this is so important. I can resonate so much. I used to work for different companies. One time at investment bank in London and oh, yeah. this one weekend, I already knew this is not for me. <laughs> yeah. It was the pinnacle, right? It was something that everybody told me, if you get that job as a, this poor kid from Poland, right. you will have made it. And then I realized, wait a second, this, I, I just can't, I can't be here. And I think, yeah, you're totally right. Defining that vision that, that's so compelling that you would actually pay to do it, right? That's, and that really brings you closer to, to that success. So if we fast forward a little bit, um, what was the defining moment when people started noticing you? I have, I have a you know, little assumption that it didn't yeah. just happen. You made it happen. You went out there and you pushed, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy because like I, I've been rapping since I was a kid. Like we said, you know, I was, I was known for freestyling at uh-huh. USC where I went to college, the University of Southern California. I was studying drums there, but I was very known for freestyling, but it was still very much within just the college community, right? And so um, when I graduated, again, I was just making the push as a drummer because that's what my degree said I was, you know, and, and, and I loved the drums. And, and it was, again, more kind of uh, um, within the system of, of what's expected. Mm-hmm. So um, that was my life. And then I got lucky again because my friend Jacob Mann, who's an amazing jazz composer and pianist who I, who I met at college, um, he had just finished up his first like jazz big band album. And so he was trying to come up with creative ways to do promo for his record. So he hit me up out of the blue and he was like, hey man, like I had this idea, you know, um, I made a hip hop remix, basically. I made a beat out of my jazz album. And I was hoping that, you know, I could just film you on my phone, freestyle into that beat, you know? And he had this idea, like, we'll drive down Sunset Boulevard, you know, um, and you'll just rap about everything passing by, uh-huh. you know, so people can really see what you do, you know? And, and they'll see that it's improvised and, and uh, you know, I just want to feature you. And I was like, yeah, cool, man. You know, I, I looked at it as basically like I was doing him a little favor, you know? Um, and so we got together and, you know, I had to drive his car because my car didn't have an aux plug-in, you know, so we were in his car and drive in and we did one false start. He accidentally played the wrong version of the beat for a minute. And then he was like, oh my bad, we stopped. And then we just did the one take. Jacob with the good songs, every man coming through and you know the flow strong. Check it, hey yo, you know we rock on. My flow tasty like groceries from yummy.com. Call it off the corner, hey yo, I'm about to spark it. Every Tuesday, come here for Saturday market. And so it took like, you know, 20 minutes or something. And, and um, we finished and he was like, yeah, it was perfect. I love it, we got a bite to eat. I think he Venmoed me like 50 bucks or something. Um, and, and that was that. And I went home, I forgot about it. And then like a week later, I woke up from a nap one day and my roommate at the time said, uh, Harry, you're going viral right now. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and she was like, you, you've been upvoted to number one on Reddit videos. And I was like, what's that? You know, cause I really was not an internet person. This was in December, 2016, very mm-hmm. end of 2016. And, um, you know, I'd heard of Reddit, but I didn't know about subreddits or Reddit videos or what upvotes were. So, um, you know, she basically pulled up the page and said, like, look, like a lot of people really like this video of you rapping. 
And so uh, I was like, really? So I pulled it up on YouTube and it was crazy. It was like the first time I'd experienced anything like that, where it's like, I just kept refreshing it and it would go up by like a couple hundred views, you know, every time I refreshed it. And, and basically it, it generated, you know, like a hundred thousand views overnight. And then it, it disappeared off of Reddit and, you know, that was it, you know, it goes up real fast and then it, and then it burns up and it's back to reality. But um, still it got that hundred thousand views overnight and I was looking at it and I was just like, wow. I mean, it, it opened my eyes to being like, you know what, man, like this is something that everybody who knows me and has heard me do this has told me that I should make a push at this, you know, that, that this is something special. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of just, uh, you know, whatever, because I was afraid of it, you know, and because I think I, I was scared to put that um, at the forefront. And I was scared to go chase something that seemed, you know, like such a dream, you know, it seemed so unattainable in so many ways to become a professional MC, you know, and um, when that video did what it did, and suddenly it wasn't my community of friends and family and supporters telling me, but it was 100,000 strangers who have no idea who I am in real life, seeing what I do and saying like, yo, this is awesome. You know, we want more. Um, it really just lit a fire in me, man. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta push in this direction because mm -hmm. there's a, there's a lot of energy here. And, um, I just started being more honest with myself and realizing that this, that in hip hop and in, in rapping, um, is where my passion really lived. You know, as much as I love jazz and playing the drums, it really allowed me to just open up and be honest with myself and say, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do. And, and let's, let's see what we can see what we can do to you. This is inspiring. This is really inspiring. Man. What's cool. interesting is, so you, you said, cause I, I just kept thinking, okay, it went viral and I'm like, huh, so you didn't think about publishing anything beforehand. And then you actually said, well, there was some fear. So yeah. let's delve a little bit into that. Cause I think that's going to be, that's going to be quite interesting for the audience, for myself as well to hear. Yeah. What was that fear that was preventing you from just going after it by yourself beforehand? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, um, you know, I've always had like a, a lot of insecurity, you know. Um, I think a lot of creative people can relate to that, you know, um, where we're our own toughest critic, you know. Yeah. And I was sort of in this perpetual state of saying, um, you know, it's not good enough. It's not ready. You know, like it's, 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 it's not good enough. It's just not there mm -hmm. yet. You know? And I was so, I loved practicing and I was in this perpetual state of like practicing and trying to get good, you know? Um, but never sharing anything and never really creating like, a finished product that even could be shared because it was a lot of like, I would start working on a song or start filming something. And then I'd be like, ah, it's not good enough. Like mm -hmm. scrap it, just keep practicing, you know? Um, and so there's this thing that happens, you know, um, it's, uh, it's called the gap, you know, you might be familiar with it, but um, for creative people, like when, when you get started, um, the reason you're compelled to start is because you have really good taste right? Like you're fans of, of the great artists in whatever field it is, you know, like for me, like I knew that Nas was amazing, you know, oh, yeah. I, I knew, you know, I knew that, um, Illmatic, right? Illmatic, yeah, it's like my, that's my biggest one. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's, that's their biggest one. But yeah, you know, I knew that was amazing. I knew Tribe Called Quest was amazing. You know, I knew that Jay-Z, Biggie, you know, Tupac, 
you know, I knew that these people were amazing and I held them on such a high pedestal, which they deserve, you know? Mm. Um, and then, so when you're doing your thing, you know, you're not them yet, you know, you're not on that level yet. So when you get started, so you hear your own level and you're dissatisfied with it because you have great taste. And so there's this gap between huh. you and the people who inspire you. Um, but, and so most people quit because they, they hear their own stuff. They're like, ah, oh, it's not good enough. And they get frustrated and, and they realize there's that gap and that's where it stops. And then they never actually get to realize their dream. Um, but the, the crazy secret of the whole thing is the only way to close that gap is to finish pieces of art, put them out mm -hmm. and get feedback. Get feedback. So you yeah. have to, yeah. So you have to accept your current level, recognizing that it's not where you want it to be, but saying, okay, but it, it is what it is and it has to be good enough because this is where I am now and I can't rise up at all until I show people where I am now and get that feedback and get comfortable with the process of creating something and sharing it, which is so terrifying. Mm -hmm. And you know, for, so, for me, for, unless you're crazy and you know, you, <laughs> some people yeah. maybe don't, don't have to think about that. Um, you know, I don't know, like maybe Kanye West just doesn't have that part of his brain that says, Hey, like, it's not good enough. I feel like he could just do it, you know, but I, I don't know. I also don't know what it's like to be in his shoes. But um, I know that for me and for a lot of other creatives that I've talked to, it's just terrifying to put something out and share it with the world. Um, but just like anything else, it gets easier with time. So I, I again, I'm just thankful to my friend Jacob, who kind of almost tricked me into doing it, you know, because mm -hmm. he did it as promo for his album. But the end of the day, he was kind of like, yeah, Harry, there you go. You know, take it and run with it. You need to be doing this. And, and mm -hmm. he opened my eyes to it. Maybe, who knows, maybe he had a feeling deep inside that that could propel you to actually go out there. Man, it's so yeah. interesting what you're saying, because I, I feel like this applies to so many other areas of life. So, for example, I built online courses. And right. so many people, dude, they are experts. They are they're some of the best people in the world at what they do. They come up to me and they say, I want to build a course, but I'm not sure how to do it. Then they find out how to do it, but they still wouldn't click that publish button. Even though, right. dude, in some cases they have all the content done. Everything is right. done, but it wouldn't click it. And usually they say, well, yeah, I think it could be better. And right. this weird perfectionism. And it's almost like, I think good analogy could be when you look at yourself in the mirror every day then one day you kind of, you know, you look at old pictures from say five years ago and you're like, who the hell is that person? Right. Right. I look at myself five, six years ago. I'm like, who's that little kid? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because you don't see your own progress because you see yourself every day. And I feel like as a rapper, as an artist, as anybody doing anything cool, right. um, as you are progressing, it's so hard to give yourself a credit, right? We right. underestimate ourselves so much. So, so then, yeah. So then you, you made that happen, right? You, you, you realize, okay, I've got it in me. I want to go out there. I want to push myself and just spread it to the world, get the feedback. Yep. Is that roughly the time when you started doing those gorilla bars, walking around and just rapping? Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. Um, basically, just the fast forward version, it was like, I did the car video with Jacob, you know, which was on his YouTube channel. And uh, he already kind of had a bit of a YouTube following. So that kind of gave us a head start. 
And I got with him afterwards. I was like, man, what, what should I do? You know, <laughs> I was like, I'm ready. What should I do? And he was like, well, you know, I think you should just make your own YouTube channel and just start doing videos by yourself. You know, uh, I think, you know, it'll, it'll blow up. And so yeah. I was like, okay, cool. So I just went home, made a YouTube channel. And I just told myself I'm going to do one video a week, you know, no matter what one video a week. Um, let me just set it as a rule, as a deadline. So I have that structure. And if it gets down to it, if I have a crazy week and the night before I don't have anything, then I'll just do a selfie video freestyling to my phone. But no matter what, yeah. I'm going to post a video every week. And, um, so, you know, I did a, a video of myself freestyling in my room and it was a brand new channel. It got like, you know, a few hundred views. Okay, cool. You know, and then I did a, a video of, um, I can't remember what the next one was. I did a couple videos just in my studio and the next one gets 500 views. And then, you know, I had this realization, like, you know what, this isn't outside the comfort zone enough. Like, I just don't feel like mm -hmm. it's going to break through because it's just me in my room. And so I had the thought like, you know, let's, let's go outside of the apartment and you know, what if we go around the corner to the, you know, convenience store um, right over there and, and ask the dude, he knows this, we're in there all the time, you know, maybe we can go in there and freestyle through the shop. And so we went and did that. Yo, I get it poppin', Harry Mack blow poppin', yo, it's not stopping. The flow stay on while I'm holding on the blow pop. Like I told you, once I get it moving, man. And that one, like, got, you know, a couple, few thousand views. And I was uh -huh. like, oh, you know, we're going somewhere, you know? And then yeah. uh, that was when I first realized that if it doesn't, if I don't get nervous to create the content, um, then there's a problem. You know, I had the realization that I need to be outside of my comfort zone for it to really be magical and for that to come through the screen. So we just kept pushing it. So then we went to the park and that was the first time I was kind of like rapping in public for random people on video. And mm -hmm. then um, by the time we got to February of 2017, so I'd been doing it for just like a month and a half, trying to do a video once a week. And we did the, this Venice beach freestyle video. We went out to the beach for a whole day and, and filmed a whole bunch of videos of me freestyling and we posted, just this one like, you know, six minute clip. And that in February um, was the first video that like really went viral and, mm -hmm. and went crazy. And um, everybody saw it and, and it, it busted down the door for me to kind of get these other really, really dope opportunities. And, and it, you know, it's kind of started the trajectory for me as Harry Mack. How many videos did you do roughly before that one went viral? Like roughly? Uh, I think it was like, we did like five or, you know, like, like four or five videos uh -huh. on my own channel. Um, cool. yeah. Which is interesting. Cause people were like, how'd you come out of nowhere like that? You know, like, like that's really fast. I would say to only do four or five videos and then have one that hits like mm -hmm. that. Um, but I think the thing is I was in a really, really unique position in that, I had basically just been practicing and developing this skill set in private for over a decade, you know? Um, so because I was afraid, <laughs> ironically, you know, because I was too afraid to share it with anybody, um, I was able to just develop it by myself and with my close friends for a really, really long time and develop my skill set to, to a pretty high level mm -hmm. before I even started showing it to people in videos. That's why the first one with Jacob Mann kind of did what it did and, and, and created some excitement. So, um, you know, unlike 
a lot of artists who who I think are actually doing it right. Like I, I think that they they get it. I didn't get it. I was afraid. But a lot of other artists are are documenting the process, so mm -hmm. they're showing the whole development. You know, um, so they're showing. You know, for them it might be a hundred videos before they get one that really goes because they actually documented that whole process from the beginning. And and I think I I salute the people who are doing that because I think really that's what I would encourage people to do is not have to deal with that fear phase and the inner turmoil of self-doubt, you know, that yeah. was really tough, but it did allow me to kind of like splash on the scene uh -huh. out of nowhere and create this vibe of like, yo, what, where did this dude come from? Why have we never heard of him? He's freestyling at a high level. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a silver lining to it, I guess. Oh dude, I have to tell I'm still surprised that you don't have like 10 million subscribers and I, I'm just waiting for that moment. And I know it's going to happen really soon. I appreciate <laughs> like, it, man. Dude, appreciate I have that. zero doubts. I mean, when I saw your freestyle for the first time, I said to my girlfriend, this guy is going to be, everybody will know his name because oh, man. It's, dude, it's just fucking incredible. Thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate that. Bro. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm so curious to hear from you. Um, was there any moment, because that's another thing many people have in their minds. When they see you, you keep rapping. It almost seems like you never make a mistake. Dude, I've seen those two-hour videos on YouTube where people yeah. just write in comments and you just keep rolling. And the interesting thing is, and by the way, when you read YouTube comments, some of them, some of them are genius. They're really funny. And some yeah. of them said that, like, Harry Mack, you know, in 50 minutes of freestyle, he can create more content than an average rapper in like 24 months. Right? So, <laughs> right, right. So people often think, okay, guy like this never makes any mistakes. So um, did you have any moment where you started freestyling and shit just wouldn't work and you just, you just couldn't make it happen? You got nervous maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um... I had all kinds of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I still make mistakes all the time now. I'm just really good at covering up my mistakes and turning <laughs> them into something that works, you know? Um, but yeah, man, when I, you know, again, it, I was lucky because I started so young. So a lot of like the major like choke moments, you know, and like really dropping the ball on stage, a lot of that happened when I was like in, in middle school, you know, mm -hmm. and in high school and stuff like that. I remember there was a time in middle school when we were with that organization ethos, they put together this really cool benefit concert. Um, and all of the kids were the opening acts for this famous band in, in Portland called Pink Martini, um, which is this incredible like um, Latin music band. And so um, we got to open up for them and we were like, you know, 13 years old. And uh, Ethos was like, oh, these kids are great. You know, um, yeah, Harry and Brady, yeah, put them, you know, last of the openers right before Pink Martini. And then we showed up to the dress rehearsal and we were doing this brand new song. I just finished writing it and I forgot to make time to memorize it. And I was like, it was so fragile in my mind. Like uh -huh. it, it was barely there. Um, and sure, and I, and I got nervous in the dress rehearsal and I started, I did like one line and then I just froze and the beat was just playing and I wasn't uh -oh. saying anything and I was just, and everyone slowly starts looking at each other like, uh oh, like, what is this? And then we showed up, you know, and, and I was so embarrassed. And that week I just really went in in the basement, just practicing the song again and again and again, you know, and I told my parents about it and how embarrassed I was. So they were like, you know, go ahead. Like they, they didn't tell me to stop even when I was repeating the song a thousand mm -hmm. times, you know, um, and we came back, you know, a week later for the actual show and they had changed the order. And now, you know, we were the first group of the openers, but um, we got up there and, and we crushed it, you know, so I, I recovered from it. But um, 
but yeah, man, I made all kinds. Of, there's, there's so many moments like that, too many to even name on the violin to, you know, my first ever violin recital when I was seven, I cried the whole time. I couldn't even go on stage and play. I just sat in the audience and cried, you know, um, and uh, I was seven, but still, you know, I, I was too scared to get up there and do it. And, you know, I've dropped the drumsticks at critical moments. I've, I've done all of that, you know, um, but I got a lot of the big ones out of the way when I was a kid. And then what happens is eventually you, you achieve this certain professional level, whether it's on an instrument or, or public speaking or whatever it is, you, you know, you achieve this certain professional level where there's not going to be a train wreck type mistake, or there's mm -hmm. not going to be that yeah. just like freeze up and the beat plays for two minutes without me saying anything, you know, there could be other kinds of mistakes. And there's all the time, there's like off days or like, awkward performances or moments where I was like, man, I just couldn't get there. But still, if you watched it, there's a certain threshold where it's still like, oh, you, you know, he was still freestyling. It still sounded good. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't magic. It wasn't through the roof. You know, it's not the level that we hope to hit every time, but it's, it's, I, um, basically I can just trust the skill set at this point that even on my worst day, um, I'm still going to pull something off. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? You can always recover in some way, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And Harry, so, when, so when you have like when you have like really tough days, say you have shooting plant, maybe you're going on a TV show to the radio, yeah, and you just don't feel it. You just your yeah. brain is not working. How do you get yourself in the state? Do you actively change your state, or do you have? Um, any yeah, I mean, I try to, um, you know, like. I, so I try to be in a habit of, of meditating, which, you know, at different times in my life, I've been better about committing to it than others. Um, you know, but, um, I try to meditate daily and, uh, I, you can use some of those sort of, um, concepts before you perform, if you're really not feeling it, um, of just, um, you know, focusing on your breathing, for example, trying to clear out you know, the voices in your head, trying to, you know, mm -hmm. let go of all the thoughts and just sort of be in the moment and, you know, hear the sounds that are happening around you, feel your body sitting against the chair. Um, things like that are super helpful um, to try to get into, you know, to, to clear it all out and kind of get a blank slate so you can go into the performance and not be thinking about, you know, whatever it is that's, that's causing you to have an off day. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, freestyling is really special uh for me because it kind of as maybe oxymoronic as this sounds it kind of forces you into a flow state you know mm -hmm. like as soon as i start it's like the sheer technique of it requires me to be non-judgmental you know the yeah. technique of it requires me to just be looking ahead and like not dwelling on pa on the past mistakes and just saying okay, it's good enough for right now. You know, it requires you to accept. It requires you to commit. Just put one foot in front of the other. Everything will be okay. So I feel like it's dope that freestyling just happens to represent so many life principles that I agree with. And so um, it's beautiful, man. Even on my worst day, a lot of times it's like, just start, you know, put the beat on. And when I start rapping, it's gonna, it's gonna be cool. You know, we're gonna forget about all that and, and we'll be in it. So rather than waiting for that inspiration, you just trigger it by, by doing, right? Exactly, exactly.
Which would you say? I want to ask you something quite interesting. So, um, yeah. sometimes before I film, right? Even these are just content videos. I like to beatbox. I like to freestyle, even though it's yeah. <laughs> it's not pretty, man. <laughs> but I just no, like that's it. dope, though. I love that. And it's it's fun, especially when you do it with with people around you. When I don't know, I, I, I'm with a group of business people, and yeah, we literally get ourselves to freestyle and make a ton of mistakes. Yeah. But you're right. It um, it forces you to not think about that potential judgment. You learn how to laugh at your mistakes. Yes. Would you recommend freestyling as a tool for getting into flow state to anybody? I'm curious on your thoughts uh, on this. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You know, um, I think freestyling is uh, beneficial to any and everyone, man. I, I really do. And, you know, I mentioned that I teach, you know, private lessons on, mm -hmm. on freestyling. Many of my students are not necessarily, they don't necessarily have aspirations to be professional rappers or, or to freestyle at like an incredibly high level, you know, where that becomes like a main part of their personal identity. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are just, you know, I, I want to be more in the moment, you know, I want to be less judgmental. I want to, you know, try to achieve flow state, you know, and be able to practice that. And I think freestyle is just an incredible um, tool to help people kind of access those things. So yeah, I love it, man. I, I'm I'm not um, you know, I'm not one of these f people who's like, yo, if you're not dedicating yourself to the game, then don't even touch this freestyle <laughs> thing, man. This is you know, it's like I, I don't have that attitude at all. I'm like, man, yeah. everybody, you know, uh, the CEOs at major companies should uh -huh. freestyle and make mistakes, and who cares, you know, and 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 have fun with it because that's where I started, you know. And if I'm being honest. That's how it was for me. I was just stumbling over myself and, and having the best time doing it. And I gained a lot from that. So even if it never became my career, which it has, um, I would have still really gained a lot from it. And I think everyone can gain something from freestyling. Mm -hmm. So where do you teach? Do you have a platform, website? How can people find you and learn more? Because oh, yeah. honestly, it sounds exciting to me as well. I mean, dude, I'd love to learn. So. Oh yeah, man. Awesome. Um, so currently I, I just teach, um, private lessons. Um, although I am looking to, I'm working towards developing a curriculum. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not sure it's still in the early stages, so I'm not sure where that would be, uh, you know, made available or, or in what format, but, um, I teach private lessons and for anybody interested, they can just reach out. Um, the email is, is management at harrymacofficial.com. And uh, it's in the description of all my videos on YouTube. It says, you know, if you're interested in private lessons, hit me here. And um, prior to, you know, COVID, I was teaching anybody local to LA. Uh, mm. They were coming to my studio and we were doing it in person. And then um, obviously since um, the virus, everything is, is virtual through Zoom, just like we're doing right now. Um, but, uh, but it's been incredible, man. I mean, I've, I've worked with, you know, I, I guess I opened the teaching studio like maybe last um, October or November of 2019. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, since then I've worked with a whole bunch of students, different ages, different skill levels, different goals and aspirations. And, you know, I, I learn as much from them as they learn from me. And uh, I just, I love educating. So I'm very, uh, you know, I have a huge appreciation for what you do, man, for real. Um, you know, I, before I taught um, freestyle lessons, I taught drum lessons and my mom's a teacher. So I oh, think wow, cool. that, uh, yeah. It's dope that people like you are, are um, put, make, make, making the effort to educate people in, in new areas and, and help them improve their lives. Dude, you got to have a course. That's a different, we can talk about later. That, that's a, yes. But you got to have a course because I have a feeling people just jump on it. I kid oh, you dude, not. I'm, 
I'm definitely going to pick your brain about that, man. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And Harry, I want to ask you, uh, many people saw you on the Ellen show and yeah, it's one of those things you know, I can only imagine you go to Ellen show and uh, lots of people watching it and yeah. then you have to freestyle. I, I think yeah. that's a little bit different level than walking through Venice beach. Right. <laughs> when you kind of right. like, on videos, dude, you seem so calm when you were in Ellen show, when you were rapping with Kendrick Lamar, all of those yeah. other guys. Right. Um, how do you manage your emotions? Is it the meditation beforehand? Are there any other things that you are doing? Because I think this can translate to other areas of life as well, that people could, people could use your strategies and tools to, to manage their emotions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I get super nervous. I'll just say that straight up. Um, before I was on Ellen, I was super nervous, you know? Um, so, so it's not like I am just calm and cool, you know, um, when I did the thing with Kendrick, I'm visibly nervous, you know, the, the mm. host Jay Cruz <laughs> yeah. says, damn, your voice is shaking, you know? Uh -huh. Um, and so, uh, I deal with that and, you know, I've always dealt with that. And I think I'm going to deal with that for the rest of my life. It's something I have to learn how to cope with. It's not something that goes away because mm. if it was going to go away, it would have gone away by now. But we, you know, when Joey badass said, Hey, you're dope. Or when Kendrick said, hey, you're dope. When I got invited to do Ellen and it was a success, you know, you would think that that was enough reassurance that I would be able to say, okay, I don't have to get nervous anymore. But not at all. You know, I still get just as nervous as the seven-year-old who cried through the recital. Um, mm -hmm. But I've learned that um, if I manage to not cry through the recital, right, <laughs> if I'm able to not break down, and if I can just get to the mic and, and get to the place where the beat starts and they say, go ahead. And if I can just commit to it and go, regardless of being super scared, um, then what will happen is I'll get to the other side of it and everything mm. will be okay. Nobody will be hurt. Nobody will have died. And, and quite the contrary, I will have accomplished something really great that I can be proud of. And, and you know, it's always worth it. But it's, you know, I, every time I have to remind myself and basically talk to myself, you know, um, and say, hey, like you're feeling this way and there's only so much that you can control this way that you feel, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, to a degree, it's out of your control. So you're feeling this way, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Even if you feel like you're going to faint, just keep walking, get to the mic, let the beat play and just do what you do. And, and you're going to get to the other side of it and you're going to be happy that you got there. You know, you won't get to have that feeling of celebration and accomplishment and empowerment if you cry through the recital, mm -hmm. right? And don't ever get to play. You just won't get to reap that benefit. So um, I sympathize with everybody who has those nerves and those emotions because I have them too. And, um, you know, I think it's just, keep walking, man, keep going, you know, get mm -hmm. to the mic, mm -hmm. whatever your mic is and whatever it means to you to have the beat start playing, get to that point. Um, and then before you know it, you'll be on the other side. But that's awesome to you. That's very inspirational because it makes you realize that, that, uh, you really care. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be that nervous, right? Exactly. But it seems like it's interesting that you mentioned that you were extremely nervous, uh, every yeah. time. And to be honest with you, I couldn't see it that much. So I can, I, I, when I watched that video with Kendrick, yeah. I can see that you are not fully confident, 
right. I could see a bit of nerves, but I still couldn't see how nervous you are. I think right. that's interesting that often when we feel something inside, we think that everyone knows. Right. But that awareness that, hey, uh, people probably don't even know how nervous I feel inside gives you a lot of power. Yeah. And then as you start, as you get into the flow, as you start uh, freestyling, that's when you enter that zone where you, you almost like disappear from the room, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why like, you know, the Kendrick video in particular is cool because um, you can see the process of the nerves dissipating gradually. Uh -huh. Like I'm sitting weird at the beginning, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, <laughs> like straight up, I'm like in a weird position, you know, and I'm just like trying to find it. And then like, it starts relaxing. And then I like look at him out, out of the corner of my eye and he's feeling it. He's and like, yeah, really relax, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, I'm having fun and now I'm smiling and now I'm doing what I do, you know, and then now we're having the dance of energy where, you know, he's throwing me something and I'm giving him the energy back. And uh -huh. so it took a second to get there, but you can literally, it's like, it's cool because it's a document of, of that experience of pushing through the nerves mm -hmm. and then getting to the other side. But yeah, I left the room, bro. I, I basically felt like I blacked out during it. Like at the end of it, when he was telling me, cause he has says all these really encouraging things to me at the mm -hmm. end, I was just looking at him like, this is not real. Like, where am I? And like, why is this guy who is a legend to me and a hero of mine? Uh -huh. Why am I sitting with him? And why is he saying these nice things to me? You know, and it really, uh, I had that sort of, um, you know, imposter syndrome feeling uh -huh. of being like, this, this doesn't add up. I can't possibly deserve this. And uh, only like, you know, afterwards when I watched the video, could I really process what had happened and, and be proud of it. Dude, that's, I'm so glad, so glad you're talking about it. That's why I wanted to talk to you uh, about all of those things so much because really, I, I think it's so important that we talk about topics like this so people see you for a human that you are. Right. And um, rather than thinking, hey, this guy's just talented, realizing that it's a long journey and every step along the journey, you, you have to deal with some anxiety, nervousness, challenges. It's this is what makes this game of life fun, right? Absolutely. That you feel the heart beating, you know, damn, I'm, I'm fucking alive. Kendrick is sitting there. This is what yeah. it's all about. Nobody wants to play a game where you are just sitting in one room and nothing can possibly happen to you, right? Right, right, right. hundred percent. And sometimes it feels, you know, when you're dealing with fear and things like that, and you, you know, you have a comfort zone that works for you and it's fine and nothing ever really challenges you. And you're in this place of complacency. Sometimes that feels like good almost at the surface. You're like, Oh, this is fine. Like I'm never scared. You know, I'm, everything works. I know that I go to this job and I get this money and I do this thing. And, and, um, that's by the way, not meant to say that there's anything wrong with working a normal job with structure, you know, um, that, that can be great for a lot of people, but just to say that when we become complacent, um, sometimes it feels like everything's fine, but, uh, only when you allow yourself to be challenged, I think. And when you step outside your comfort zone and, uh, it's like Will Smith talking about, you know, how he was so terrified before he jumped out of the plane to skydive. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he jumped, he, he completely filled with just overwhelming bliss you know, and I think that's what it is, is it's like your comfort zone feels nice because what's outside of it is scary. But as soon as you allow yourself to step out there, your, your world expands and you realize that there's so much more to living. Awesome. Well said, man. So well said. Hey, uh, I tell you what, I'm, I'm kind of putting you on a spot here, but 
Have you ever done freestyle on Zoom call? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We can would would, you, would right? you like to go for it? Would be awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have a uh, some beats here that I can play too. Um, that should. If you be don't have the beats, I, I can I can make the beat. <laughs> oh, did you want a beatbox? I, I I could. I mean, I'm not sure if you will be able to hear me uh, enough. I mean, we can try. We and- should try it, man, because that's unique that you're able to beatbox. There, there might be a sync issue. Like, I might be a little out of rhythm on the playback, yeah. but who cares, man? I think that's cool. Let's see. It's, it's been a while, but let's see. Let's see. It's going to be fun. If it doesn't work, we can put some music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, listen. Harry Mack, got the top of the mind with the heat rocks. Getting down while my man kicks the beatbox. In the game of rap, I'll be on a win spree. Getting busy with a man named Jimmy. Uh, we in the session, I've been the dude. Yeah, just answer questions for the interview. Uh, hey yo, we filling up the room, making speakers boom while we getting live up on Zoom. Peace to everybody who be watching and supporting. This is for the content, so we are recording. Yeah, I put my visuals down. Mac coming off the top with that original sound. Yeah, hey yo, I'm coming with the lyrics that it's tight. You didn't even know my mic's out the sight. I pull it in the frame and my voice gets louder. When I'm in the session, yo, I'm feeling more proud. We be getting down, I got rap in the bag. Yo, we can make it happen regardless of the lag. We using the technology, I kill it, that's the policy. And if you want to know about the rap, you better follow me. Yeah, beatbox vocal tones. I'm about to make the whole globe known. Coming off the tip of this, my lyrics are ridiculous. You know, Matt, keep a low pro when conspicuous. Yeah, hey, yo, my brain's insane. It's scary, but I'm jumping out of the plane. Cause I know on the other side of fear, I can claim all the responsibility and joy I gained. Going for mine, out my comfort zone. While I'm kicking more flows right off of the dome. Yeah, Harry Mack, you know I got bars that's clever. He's my man Jimmy on the beatbox forever. What? Oh, <laughs> go, bro. Oh, bro, the only thing, I, I, I couldn't hear you well. I, could you hear okay. me? I could hear, I could hear it decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could hear it enough. I was just, uh, I was just doing my thing, man. I was trusting that you were, you were killing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how it's gonna sound afterwards when we watch the video. But uh, I hope this we'll thing see. is alright. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I might be, I'll probably be a little offset or something yeah. like that. But maybe it'll sound like I just had this really creative rhythmic approach. Who knows? It's funny because actually hearing you speaking about the comfort zone and how you always push your comfort zone when it comes to things like this, I figured. You know, part of me was like, yeah, let him just do what he always does, right, with the music. And I'm like, fuck, I know how to beatbox. I mean, I I used to do it when I was in my teens. So it's been a while. But I'm like, why not? Why not? You have an opportunity now, so jump on it. And and it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable because, I mean, I'm I'm not that good with this, but it's it's fun. And and that's it. You you sounded dope, bro. You sounded dope, (laughs) man. Yeah, don't be hard on yourself. You sounded good, man. Definitely. Way, way better than my beatboxing, I'll tell you that. Oh, so you beatbox as well? No, I mean, well, I'm a drummer, so every drummer uh. beatboxes. I mean, every drummer, like, practices rhythm with their mouth, but I, I never could get the tones down. Like, you actually had, like, a nice bass sound, and, and uh, <laughs> every, it was like, you, you obviously have practiced it. But, uh, yeah, I just do super basic stuff. Uh-huh. Awesome, yeah. man. Hey, this was so cool. Such a great conversation. I appreciate oh, your time. Where can people find you? Having you? Me, bro. Where's the best place for people to, to find you? Uh, yeah, man. I'm on social media um, at Harry Mack, H-A-R-R-Y-M-A-C-K. 
The biggest platform for me right now, um, especially during COVID, is YouTube. So it's just youtube.com slash Harry Mack. I'm live streaming on there twice a week, Wednesday evenings at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of the main one. But I'm on Instagram, Twitter, mm. Facebook, everything across the board at Harry Mack, H-A-R-R-Y-M-A-C-K. Bro, actually, before we finish, I got to ask you one question. Yes. Yeah. I, I really want to ask you this. What is your yeah. vision? Where, where do you want to be like, like five, five, seven years from now? That's a great question. You know, it's crazy because for so many years, my primary goal was just to be able to do music full time, you mm -hmm. know, as my, as my way of supporting myself and to not have to do other jobs and things that I didn't care about, but to be able to really just go full time on my passion. So um, for so long, it was like, that's all I was looking towards, you know, like, let me just get there. And then, you know, as I mentioned, six or seven years ago, I was able to quit, you know, my, my day job and, and just do music. So um, since then, it's been interesting really thinking about like, okay, but like, what's really, you know, the end game here? Where, where are we really trying to go with it? And um, to be honest with you, as long as I'm able to support myself doing music full time, and as long as I'm able to be a full-time creative, um, I'm happy. And, mm -hmm. and that at, like, period, you know, like if, if I have to start doing other things to support myself, that's really tough for me. That's when I start becoming a lot less happy, you know, but I'm just loving the fact that I wake up every day and I do what I love to do and I get to express myself. Um, and, and, uh, I get to focus on my passion full time, not to say there aren't parts of the, of, of what we do that are less fun, you know, like I have to do administrative stuff too. And there's a lot that goes into having a creative career, but by and large, man, I get to, I get um, to freestyle as my job and I get to write raps and make beats as my job. That's amazing. So um, that's the biggest thing for me. And, and beyond that, you know, I, I want to travel the world, you know, hopefully we're able to do that again soon. Oh yeah. But, um, but uh, <laughs> that's something that's incredible about, being a musician, you know, is if you, if you get to a certain level, then you're able to tour and, and see parts of the world that, um, you know, I can't even imagine and, and that I would love to visit. So I want to do that. And I just want to continue creating content, whether it's videos or songs, um, freestyles, written material, whatever. I just want to continue creating things that hopefully, you know, a few of those things um, down the road could be looked back on and, 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 and they could be considered classics, you know, that, that would be mm -hmm. like the ultimate, um, achievement for me is if, is if somebody could say, man, that, that was a classic moment, you know, that, that Harry Mack created. Um, I want to contribute that, you know, to, to this world of music because there are just so many classic pieces of work that have just elevated my life so much, you know, whether it's Nas, Illmatic or, you know, whether it's, um, you know, watching, uh, you know, the Supernatural and Juice battle, you know, freestyle off the top or listening to Stevie Wonder or, you know, studying mm -hmm. Philly Joe Jones, my favorite jazz drummer and hearing him with, you know, the Miles Davis quintet in the 50s. All these things like that I look back on and I'm like, man, it's, it's classic. It's perfect. It's, it's so incredible. Um, it would just be uh, really dope to contribute something to that where at least one other person thought, you, you know, to me, that's the classic. So. That's my awesome point. man and honestly i have i have zero doubts it's gonna happen i have zero thank doubts you, dude you, man. thank you so much once again anybody watching this check out this man harry mack you gotta check him out you will be thank amazed you, you'll be just amazed just go to his youtube channel see some of those videos 
uh, just be careful because you may end up binge watching those videos. <laughs> Dude, I wake up in the morning sometimes to 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 get myself in the positive state. I yeah. as I'm doing other things, as I'm doing my workout, I would listen to your freestyle. So uh, great stuff, man. <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate that so much. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, awesome. And thank you. Thanks for having me. Please welcome to the stage, entrepreneur, adventurer. With my great congratulations, Jimmy, welcome. Give him a round of applause. So let's give a big applause to Jimmy Noreen.